Hey folks, my name is Sally Skalski and I'm the founder of Skalski Solutions. Are you a startup looking to figure out how to provide the right benefits for a team of your size? Well, we have the perfect platform for you. But what we also have, because this is 2020, is a podcast. Our show, Her HR, is for the women who are building the businesses of the future and are exhausted by the bullshit policies of the present. And our guests, all leaders who currently use our platform, are also tired. CEOs like Evergreen Cool Air of Cool Air Air Conditioning. Your question, Sally, makes me think of another question. Has my family's fortune made me aware of the ways I can influence the temperature of a room? Yes. But has my family's fortune also allowed me to live out my dreams, like taking over the business or recording my EP, Air to the Air, Love Songs by an Air Conditioner Heiress? Yes, yes. And I recognize my privilege, Sally. Not everyone can use a homonym in the title of their record. I'm starting to realize that Evergreen may not have been the best guest to showcase in this advertisement for our show, but I am an entrepreneur in her eighth month of business and I don't have much money to spend on marketing. So, well, here we are. We need to save climate change, Sally. The earth will need a new habitat. It's called deforestation, sheeple. Like, why are we not having that conversation? And why aren't we talking about fossilized fuels and carbonation? Folks, I am starting to wonder right now if by showcasing Evergreen in this promotional spot, I am genuinely hurting the show and my business as a whole. I'm sweating. Ooh, I'm sweating and I'm scared. (laughs) It's not just my passion for big issues that gets me out of bed in the morning, though. It's also my penchant for creating viral characters like Panda Reese Witherspoon and catchphrases. Don't dish it if you can't fish it. Oh, God, she's a moron. I featured a billionaire moron in this ad and I literally can't afford to stop recording. This is... (laughs) You run a business, Allie. You get it. It's hard to be creative. Nope. No, she is dead wrong. The entire reason I started my own business is because I am creative and I want... I want to make a living with my ideas. That's why. So I often wonder, what if the creative people in the world, who are usually so sort of poor, could just move into the heads of the rich? That way, they'd make money and we'd have good ideas. And that sounds like a dystopian nightmare. Folks, please, for anyone who is still listening, ignore what she's saying. Be confident. Have the courage of conviction in your own ideas. That's such an important part of building a career from your own creativity. And if you lose it, you... Okay, yeah, we're done. There goes the music. We've run out of money. Ugh, we need more money. My name is Jeffrey Madoff. I'm a director, a professor, author, and playwright. And I think tomorrow will be Saturday. Welcome, everybody, to the Live from Tomorrow podcast. I am your host, Matt Hooper. Each week, we weave together guest interviews with comedic segments to bring tomorrow vividly to life, offering a bold, humorous perspective on what's next across business, technology, politics, and entertainment. I am especially excited for today's show because it is all about making a living with your ideas. Hey, Matt. Yep, I know. Finishing up soon. Just one more take, Bowens, then I promise I'll be right out, buddy. It's not just hard to turn your ideas into a business, It is often said that the very talents that make you creative are not talents that translate to having any sort of business sense, and vice versa. And I will concede that it is difficult. I mean, I'm a creative entrepreneur, 
Sally and I both are. We, we both produce a lot of content for work and, you know, we're not exactly Rockefellers. Matt, I'm, I'm sorry, but the thieves are here. Wait, the thieves? Oh, the consultants. Hey, sorry I've kept you all waiting. No problem at all. My name is Jane Cloud. And I'm Clark Cloud. And we are with The Hole Inside Everyone's Violent Essential Selves, or Thieves. And our job is to help creative entrepreneurs find new ways to monetize their innovations. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you, Mr. Hooper, for not shying away from an in-person consultation. It's entrepreneurs like you who see COVID for what it is, an opportunity. Well... It's also a tragedy horribly mismanaged by... And seizing upon a new opportunity is exactly where thieves can help. We take your ideas and give them to the folks who are willing to pay. We are a marketplace connecting creatives with financial backers. You host a podcast, do you not, Mr. Hooper? That's extremely creative. But not very lucrative. And your better half does as well, right? Is this him? Oh, God, no. Hey. I'm his roommate, and sorry, I don't want to be dramatic here, but... I would rather have my eyes clawed out by ravenous crows than think of Matt as a romantic partner. That's just the sort of imagination needed to thrive in the 21st century. Ravenous crows. Bravo. I know many people who'd pay top dollar for that vivid, sadistic wit. Bankers, lawyers. Executives in the television and oil industries. Anyone with an empty head and a compromised heart. And the money to invest in that coyest of mistresses, creativite. These are the sources of financial support, Mr. Hooper, that we know a creative entrepreneur like yourself has been looking for. And they fill out one half of the Thieves Marketplace. While talented folks like yourself fill out the other. Now we're traveling up and down New England this whole week, meeting with creative entrepreneurs hungry for, well, food, really. I mean, times are tough. Okay, so it's like a platform to connect artists and patrons? Oh, it's so much more than that. Most platforms only offer the creative a percentage of the transaction. While Thieves offers you the whole sheboygle. And that's a word I bought from a highly imaginative children's book author struggling to pay her rent. One more example of a win-win, courtesy of Thieves. <clears throat> When the inspiration you seek is no longer near, the hole inside everyone's violent essential self yearns to be filled with someone else's idea. I don't understand, though. How do these wealthy customers of yours pay for ideas? I mean, isn't that the whole point of an idea? It's difficult to place a value on because it isn't really anything yet? Oh, goodness. Here we go. <laughs> Looks like we've got another it's just an idea guy on our hands. Mr. Hooper, an idea is the most important thing there is. Ideas start wars. Ideas build civilizations. Rome wasn't built in a day, unless someone had had the idea for Rome. Ideas are worth more than anything. They are the most valuable currency. Which is why it's one of history's greatest ironies. People with creative ideas, from artists to inventors, often have no idea how to make money from them. Wow. I've never thought of that before. That's a new idea to me. I must be rich. When we saw that you'd signed up for the spouse program, Mr. Hooper, our leadership team back in SF made sure we were on the next plane out east. Wait, wait, wait. Spouse program? Yes, your partner, they signed you two up last week. In fact, Jane and I tried the spouse program last year and it changed our lives. I'm a potter. Clark's a magician. We had no way of making money from our creativity. Stop. I thought, I thought this was just a consultation. I didn't think we'd signed up for anything. Oh, do you know what, Clark? I think that Sally is his spouse. Yes, yes, she is. Have you guys met already? Briefly. She was out here on the lawn when we drove up. She wanted to try out our extractor. She'd been reading about it online. You're 
extractor? Oh, it's just this new piece of hardware we've been using on our sales calls. Yeah, it hasn't been totally approved by the government yet. But when a customer asks to use it... Hey, everyone. Sally, uh, I didn't know that you'd actually signed us up for the program. Well, it blew my whole ad budget on that ridiculous clip of Evergreen Cool Air. Ooh, Miss Cool Air is a client of ours. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, And without enough funding to get through the quarter... You know, I can't remember how I was going to finish that sentence. Yep, that's a side effect of the extractor. Sucks the ideas right out. What? Don't worry, Miss Skalski. Most of your memory will be back shortly. Your idea, however, that's now the property of billionaire tycoon Arthur Von Fiffington IV. Sally, are you okay? Well, I've been walking around in a circle for 45 minutes, and it took me a few tries to remember the word for tree... But all I had to do is sell one of my ideas to this Fiffington guy, and boom, I'm $10,000 richer. Sally mentioned in your application that sponsorship for each of your podcasts has been dwindling. Well, my podcast is primarily a way to promote Skalski Solutions, my company. We're an HR provider that... Yeah, it's gone. I had an idea for a whole new slogan. You thieves! Exactly. Since Arthur Von Fiffington IV is the chairman of the board of the largest HR provider in corporate America, Sally's slogan will appear in all future promotions of that business. Come on, sweetie, why don't you smile, HR? But it was Sally's idea. She should be able to profit from it. In a perfect world, Mr. Hooper, she would. But we don't live in that world. And, in fact, the world we do live in is only going to get harder. Democracy is on the wane. Labor protections are a thing of the past. The oil supply will run out in the next decade or so. It's never been a harder time to survive or make an impact. So, may as well come and take shelter with us. With a full-time role in the idea economy. What? What do you mean, take shelter? The long-term goal of Thieves is not just match, but fuse creative entrepreneurs with wealthy backers. And we believe this involves moving these entrepreneurs completely into the minds of the wealthy and unimaginative. Which, pending a few major nanotechnological breakthroughs, should be happening soon enough. Sally, how much research did you do into this company? Honestly, I thought this was just some stuff they put on their website and didn't really believe in. Like how Google used to say, don't be evil, or Facebook says, don't be racist. Mr. Hooper, Ms. Skalski, we're going to leave this brochure right here on the front step. Flip through it whenever you have a moment. No rush. But this is the most efficient and effective way of ensuring that you are paid for your ideas. Just saying. Just saying. Okay, everyone, let's wrap this up. My memory's only just starting to come back, and frankly, I think it's a very specific kind of person who's going to want to live in the imagination of a billionaire and provide them with ideas, so we need Where's to- Bowens? Come on, let's go, thieves! Take me back to San Francisco with you. I'm in! I have been an entrepreneur and an intrapreneur. I have worked for myself, and I have worked at large companies. And what I am convinced of now, more than ever, is that the best job is the one where you are happiest, most fulfilled. But there is a certain special fulfillment that comes with making a living from your own ideas, that comes with a life of creative entrepreneurship. That's also why the fact that so many creative people struggle to make a living from their own creativity, painters, poets, dancers, designers, frustrates me. So how do you make a living with your ideas? Well, in order to answer this question, I did what we always do on this part of the show. I reached out to an expert. Folks, I am so excited for today's guest. Jeff Madoff is a director, a designer, an entrepreneur, now a playwright and author. 
uh, and he is the author of the book that I highly recommend you all check out, Creative Careers, Making a Living with Your Ideas. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Um, why did I want to take a moment and read the subtitle? Because making a living with your ideas is, is probably the hardest thing anyone can do. I want to acknowledge that uh, this book also ties directly into a class. When did you start this class? And, uh, and when did you realize how valuable it was to students and to yourself? I started teaching the class at Parsons School of Design, which is part of the new school in New York City, in, I believe it was the fall semester of 2007. Uh, and spring semester of 2007, one or the other. And uh, I had done something back in college uh, that was similar that I actually didn't realize it till I was a few few years into it. Then somebody said, how did you come up with the idea for the format of that class? And uh, it was a result of something that I did when, back when I was in college in like 19, 1969. I went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, which was one of the most radical campuses in the country. Right outside the windows of our political science class, uh, there were tanks, National Guard and state police, camped at the university because of all the demonstrations. And I looked at our reading list and I said to the professor the first day of class, you aren't giving us the tools to understand what's happening right outside these windows. And I looked through the reading list and your most current book is 10 years old. It's a different world. So he said, well, Mr. Madoff, do you think you could teach this class any better? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, why don't you come up here and do it? So the next week, uh, what happened was I presented what I was going to do with the class and more than half the students came with me. And I told the students, I'm learning along with you. So back then I got William Proxmire, S Senator Gaylord Nelson, because uh, Madison was the capital city. They were two uh, of the senators from Wisconsin, and I got them to come in separately and speak to the class. So I interviewed them, then they spoke, then he took questions. And I thought, you know, this is the Socratic method, right? Question, answer, learn, engage. So jump ahead 40 years, <laughs> and, uh, and I was doing that again. When did you, when did you know that making a living with your ideas, you, Jeff, was the only way you were going to have a happy and fulfilling work life. I think it's harder to go through life working in a job that you dread, mm. that you hate going to work every day, and there's nothing fulfilling about it other than possibly the paycheck. And, and so, you know, to me, it was always about, you know, wanting to do things that I wanted to do. Now, my parents were both entrepreneurs, as is my sister. So we were all pretty independent thinking. That was kind of in the DNA at home. You know, it was basically as long as you're happy and they trusted me and respected me enough to, you know, not gain my happiness by selling drugs. You know, uh, they so they saw that I was happy doing what I was doing. You know, I had my career as a designer before I had my career as a filmmaker, before I was a professor and before I was a playwright. So, you know, I do these different things, never really quite knowing what the outcome is going to be. But uh, 
that's another discovery that I'm on. It's one thing to say, I'm going to take an inspiration wherever I can and be open. And that takes a lot of bravery and a lot of, frankly, sort of, I think, natural curiosity, um, which you certainly have and, and most creative people have. How can you encourage folks who are maybe a little concerned because whether it's their family or their friends or their their innermost uh, loudest critic saying, really cool idea, good for you, congratulations, this won't make any money, right? How can you convince folks to overcome that doubt to, uh, to maybe inject themselves a little bit of confidence as they go about trying to forge a new path? So you're kind of talking about two issues. One is the psychological issue of how do you overcome that obstacle? And let's say doubt is that obstacle. And a lot of people will say no to you, you know, so, and, and since so many people will say no to you, I believe don't say no to yourself. If it's something you want to do, then go after it. And I am not saying find your passion and go blindly towards that passion. I'm not saying that at all because, you know, in business, like when I started my clothing company, you know, I got some, I got some sample garments made up, put them in the store where I worked. They sold out immediately. So then I got more made and they sold out again. So I had the beginnings of proof of concept, you know, cause you also can't be the only one in love with your idea. Right. You need that external validation. You need a customer base. Exactly. That's right. And so that's, that's, that's an important part of the business of business. You know, if you want to support yourself doing what it is you love doing, is there a market for it? Can you create a market for it? Can you attract a market to it? You know, a lot of it is, are you solving a problem for people? In the book, in story after story, whether it's interviews with uh, Roy Wood Jr., the comedian, or Dylan Lauren, the entrepreneur, Carly Kloss, Dennis Crowley, there are a number of exciting stories Um I've broken this down on my own end as a reader into some of the themes that you've also broken it down into around finding confidence, overcoming doubt, but but that doubt can also be helpful, remaining focused, and being what you call smart about your hustle. How would you break down those four ideas? And very specifically, what does it mean to be smart about your hustle? Well, what it means is that you need to know what you need to know in order to do something. So if you are making something, having it manufactured, you need to know how to get it manufactured at a price that you can still sell it at and make a profit so you can continue to do so. And so you have to have a certain end game in your sites. And when you have that end game in your sites, then you have to figure out the steps it takes to get there. And and the thing, the main thing that came to me from my various careers and talking to these people is that the protocols of business, no matter what the product or service is, are essentially the same thing. You know, you have to have an idea. You have to be able to communicate that idea to others. You have to offer a viable product or service at a cost that exceeds your cost of manufacture or delivery. And then you can build a business. Now, you can also build businesses going deep, deep, deep into debt. But the, the point is that you have to uh, execute on those ideas and understand those steps, and they're common among all businesses. Those are, let's call them the best practices that you, you've been referring to. Mm. When you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to be careful because you know you can end your business. It's not like you're working for a large company and your mistakes are rounding errors at worst. 
Uh, so, you know, when you're starting your own business, whether you're starting your podcast, whether I'm starting my production company, you know, you hope that your ideas uh, and the risks you take are small enough that they don't knock you off your gyro and you lose balance about it. And so you have to be you have to be smart again about your hustle so that you don't take those unnecessary chances. But if you don't take risks, you're never going to do anything interesting. When setting out to make a living from your own ideas, doubt is an obstacle. You need to be smart about your hustle. You also need to stay focused and be confident. Are these best practices? Well, at the very least, they're tools to use. As Jeff says, not to follow your passion, right? Which is such a key distinction when embarking on a creative life, but to actually be in business for yourself. These are the ways you can support yourself while you do just what it is you love to do. And I really like what Jeff says about the ideas and risks you take being small enough that you don't lose balance. This is extremely important advice for anyone looking to embark on a creative career. Sure, you're embracing risk, but you need to be careful in how you manage risk too. There is no fallback plan. You're all in on you and your ability to realize your ideas. But while we all know that this is fulfilling work, it's also very, very hard. In the future... Will creative entrepreneurs have to take a few extra gigs here and there, not making money on their own ideas, but maybe supporting others with their ideas? Or is that a little too dystopian? What will life be like in, say, 10 years from now, in 2030? Will folks need to enter the minds of billionaires in order to fund their own creativity? Hello, you've reached the thieves' office in Evergreen Cool Air's brain. This is Clark Cloud speaking. How may I help you? Uh, no, you've got the wrong number. You're looking for the inferior frontal gyrus. That's language processing. Oh, not a problem. Hi, Clark. Uh, Sally Skalski, I didn't see you out there. H how long have you been waiting? Not very long. Jane and I have a meeting. Well, I meant to congratulate you. I mean, your idea, that fridge on your feet thing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sally, that was a game changer. Evergreen got the board to buy in, and suddenly they're manufacturing air conditioning units that keep your bare feet cool on concrete. What an innovation! I am so happy you've moved into her brain. And I know Evergreen is, too. What are you guys talking about? Oh, just about Sally's incredible work. Mmm, she is a natural fit for the idea economy. Ready to come on in? Yep. It was good talking to you, Clark. You, too. Oh, and if you find confidence, do let me know. You've almost reached the one-year mark, right? Just have to present your final idea at the end of the month? Pretty soon it'll be time to send you back home. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll let you know if I find her. How's your day going so far? Uh, I'd say pretty good overall. I managed to check out the occipital lobe, which was fun. Um, I'd been hanging around in the cerebellum for a few weeks, but you know, you can only spend so much time with the breathing and heart rate stuff. <laughs> it was cool to be around a little more visual processing. Glad to hear it. Now, we did manage to get you approval for Matt's visit today. Oh, great. Uh, but not for your children. I'm sorry. Traveling in and out of the brain is obviously risky business. All of our guests require extensive verification, and it looks like they weren't able to complete the paperwork in time. Oh. Well, okay. Hopefully they can visit next month. Just to confirm, do you plan on traveling to the nucleus accumbens? This is a conjugal visit, right? Do... what? Oh, wait. Whoops. It says you've requested to meet him in the hippocampus. Oh, that's great. That's memory. That should be sweet. Usually with the spouse visits, it's nucleus accumbens, you know. All just dopamine release sent along the mesolimbic pathway. There's a heightened sense of pleasure when you can be together in someone else's sense of pleasure. 
Yeah, no, we're uh, we're just trying to spend some time with one another. It's been hard since I moved last winter. Well, it's like I said when we first met all those years ago, Sally. Thieves offers creative entrepreneurs a place to take shelter. And can you honestly say that you're worried about money anymore? Or about your family's survival? <sighs> no. The world is fraying. Shrinking yourself and moving into Evergreen Cool Air's brain was not just a lucrative decision. It was an eco-conscious one, too. I mean, think about how much better the fight against climate disaster is going now that thousands of creatives have moved into the minds of unimaginative billionaires. <laughs> yeah, it's a little like that movie Downsizing. I've never seen it. Or like Inside Out? Not familiar. Or Inner Space. Oh, with Dennis Quaid and Mae Ryan. I think that's how they met. That's how they met, yeah. And let me ask you, how has it been meeting the different facets of your creative self? Uh, you know, I wasn't aware that when a creative entered someone's brain would be reconfigured so that our host could process every aspect of our talent. Sure. But now I feel good about it. I mean, I work for Evergreen. I get it. She's rich. She's not creative. And so who am I to argue if she's broken me down into component pieces? Glad to hear. Well, let me send this to the printer. And you and those uh, component pieces should be all set to catch the next tube. Thank you, Jane. Please mind the gap between the facets of your creative self, the train, and the platform. Okay, we're all in. Doubt, hustle, focus, yep, all accounted for. Where is confidence? You heard Clark asking about her. If we can't find confidence, we're gonna have to live here forever. We're never getting out of Evergreen Cooler's brain. It's gonna be okay, Doubt. We're doing all we can to look for her. Dude, don't wait too long. Take somebody else's confidence. One shot. Find some unsuspecting dope in the cafeteria and make you move, bruh. Hustle, that's not... Is that even what matters the most here? Finding confidence? There's also the possibility that if we do a good job and continue to plant creative ideas into Evergreen Cooler's mind from inside of it, we can still be released when the year is up. Good work is often rewarded by thieves regardless. Let's not forget that. That's a good point, Focus. Always got your eye on the ball. Escape the brain! Escape the brain! We are mere serfs in a brutal and futile society. All right, everybody, don't pay attention to him. He's just out to scare us. We know why we made the decision to move here last year. It was the right thing to do. That's easy for you to say, Focus. I miss my children. Look at his watch. That'll look good on me. I'm taking it. Everybody stop, please. Ooh, you're Sally Skulski, aren't you? Doubt, focus, hustle. Hmm. It would appear you have all the facets you need to be a successful creative entrepreneur, save one. Where is confidence? She's, um, well... She's, sir, if you don't mind, we're on the way to meet our husband, who's been able to secure a visit for the first time in months. We'd like to stay, well, mead. I understand, focus. You all think you're playing the game, so why should anything go wrong? Oh no, we've made a mistake. Do you have a better idea for how to live life in a world gone wrong? Yeah, seriously, do you? Because I'm all ears and looking to net 20, 30k like yesterday. Doubt, hustle, stop. What kind of society shrinks its poor to enhance the rich? A society that doesn't actually reward creativity, that's what! A sick, broken, late, late, late capitalist madhouse that- This stop is the amygdala. Please transfer here for all intense emotionality. Oh, this is me. Do- Do you think that guy's right, Sally? Do you think this whole thing was a mistake? I don't know, Doubt. What do you think, Hustle? Huh? Sorry, I was checking my email. Deals, deals, deals! Sally! Over here! Hey, Matt! Wow, you... It's been months. I know! What? I said... 
Do you want to maybe find a quieter place to talk? Sure. Wait, wait, where are we? They didn't tell me at reception. They just gave me a ticket for the tube. The hippocampus, or a memory within the hippocampus. This was a party Evergreen really loved in Ibiza. Oh. The beach is just down the hill if you... Yes. What? I'd love to go there. I'd let's go to the beach. And it really never gets weird, having different facets of your creativity just hovering around you like that. I mean, this is all pretty weird. I never thought I'd be living in somebody's brain either, but it's just like anything else. You get used to it. I'm sorry the kids couldn't come. Oh, it's okay. They understand. They're excited you're coming home soon, though. Yeah. I mean, you just have to present your final idea at the end of next month, right? Then you can return to the outside world? That's... That's the end of my contract, yeah. Wow. It's been a whole year. Look at that, Sally. The dark waves, the stars. Hey, maybe when you're out, we'll take a trip to the real Ibiza. Not just visit through the memory of a billionaire. We'll finally be able to afford it. <laughs> yeah, um... About that. And as much as we miss you, I know that you're here for us. That the payout will be worth it. Well, that would be nice, but um, <laughs> this is this is sort of funny, actually. What? Do you know how for me to successfully execute a creative idea, to monetize it, to scale it? Sally? I need to know how to overcome doubt, be smart about my hustle, stay focused, and remain confident? Yeah. Well, confidence is missing. What? And so they might not let me leave, you know, not having all those things at once might screw me up in the final presentation and Evergreen could get mad. Does this mean you're not coming home? I... I have to find confidence first. Ugh! Well, yeah, of course. I mean, who am I to stand in your way? This is so literal. Matt. What am I going to tell the kids? Mom's not coming home because she lost confidence? Sally, it's hard out there. While you're in here just putting ideas in Evergreen's head like this is Inception... Never seen it. I am holding down the fort and I... Please, we miss you. I miss you. I know. Do you ever wish we tried to do something else that we didn't try to make a living with our ideas? Ah, oh, but then what kind of life would that be? Please mind the gap between the facets of your creative self, the train, and the platform. Well, hello again. H hi. Where are your friends? What? Oh. I think doubt, hustle, and focus all stayed in Evergreen's memory of the party. I've been trying to keep my head down all year, just work with all facets of my creative self to come up with ideas, send them along to Evergreen. And without confidence, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's not like confidence is just going to tap me on the shoulder, reassure me that my idea is good, and then I get to go home to my family, right? I mean, making a living with your ideas is probably... I mean, no, it is the hardest thing in the world, but... But creative entrepreneurs need to find ways to do it, plain and simple. We can turn our ideas into a reality with the right tools, and we can profit off of them. Hey, you took one look at us earlier this evening, and you saw that confidence was missing. This stop is the striatum. Please transfer here for the facilitating of all voluntary movement. Well, what if we could teach people how to do that? Other creative entrepreneurs, I mean, what if they were given a framework for launching their own ideas? A way to really reflect on what they know and what they don't know about their own abilities. I think that sounds like an idea. A good idea, Sally. Are you going to pitch it to Evergreen? No, no, I'm on a roll now. I'll come up with another idea for Evergreen. This is... This one's for me. Excuse me. Sally, right? <sighs> Hi. I'm Confidence. I don't know if you remember me. It's been a while. Couldn't help but overhear your idea, and it's really good. Do you mind if we work together again, so you can go home to your family? 
Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, who am I to stand in your way? This is so literal. What Sally is discovering is not just a new idea. It's a framework for launching your ideas, for turning them into businesses. And that's what Jeff Madoff's book, Creative Careers, Making a Living with Your Ideas, offers readers. A chance to learn from a diverse array of successful artists and entrepreneurs just what it takes to turn something that starts small as just a glimmer, an inkling, a seed, into a business. Tomorrow will be a lot more exciting with more artists and entrepreneurs around, building and scaling their creativity into something with a greater, wide-reaching benefit. There are a few things more powerful than an idea, sure. Except, of course, what you turn that idea into. The reality and the career that you build from your idea. Now, Jeff, I'd like to ask you the uh, question we use to end each and every episode of this show. What are two tips you have for tomorrow? My two tips for tomorrow are sleep in because you haven't been sleeping well all week and eat a healthy breakfast. All right, folks, that's our show. I want to thank our guest, Jeff Madoff, our cast, Max Azulay, Kelly Quinn, Anne Veal, and Matthew Walters-Bowens, our composer, Ben Easton. I am your writer and host, Matt Hooper, and I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, folks.